The family asked for some privacy, and we were glad to oblige. Bennett and I retreated to a small sitting room, a book-lined study with a cheery fire burning in the grate. Hot coffee had been set out. What do you take in it? she asked. No, let me guess. Just black, right? You hardly need to interview me. You seem to know all my deepest secrets already. How'd your date go last night? She fluttered her eyelashes and crossed her legs. She was wearing another miniskirt, this one a flouncy affair in plaid, its hem startlingly edged in lace. Bennett did have shapely legs. Splendid, thanks. What did you think of the channeling? I hate to see susceptible people taken advantage of by a charlatan. Although he may have done Gina a favor with what he claims the husband said. Strauss's words had seemed harsh, but perhaps they'd helped Gina let go of a destructive grief that was probably affecting her whole family. A charlatan. Strauss's voice sailed into the room somewhere behind me. I turned around to see him coming through the doorway. I shrugged. I'm a skeptic. Nice to finally meet you. He helped himself to a coffee and fixed me with his blue-eyed stare. Perhaps when we're finished talking, Mr. Medicine, you allow that human perception just skims the surface. There is much in this world unknown to us by any rational measure. It'll be a waste of your time trying to persuade me. We'll see. Well, you'll have to allow that I've been patient. Now I want to know what this article Bennett's supposed to be writing is all about. It would be easier for me to show you. He set his coffee down and walked to the far end of the couch, picked up an aluminum case from the floor, pushed aside the cups, and set the case on the coffee table. He punched in a code. Inside, nestled in a soft black mold, were three bubble-wrapped objects. He unpeeled the wrap on two of them and placed them carefully on the table. Have a close look. I'm sure they'll appear familiar to you. He'd revealed two Mesopotamian seals, small stone cylinders that, when rolled onto clay, would produce images to denote ownership. In some cases, they were also used as magic amulets worn about the neck, which may have explained why Strauss had them. At first glance, they appeared to be originals, but without an expert opinion, it was impossible to tell. I asked if I could pick one of them up. By all means, Strauss said. I got a tissue from a box on the mantel and held the first seal gingerly, revolving it to see the complete image. It depicted what some believed to be the Sumerian Adam and Eve seated before the Tree of Knowledge. This is a famous seal, I said, but it must be a reproduction. Strauss smiled. It's no reproduction, and it was fashioned at least 5,500 years ago, possibly more. I raised my eyebrows and picked up the second seal. It showed a hybrid bird-human figure before a stylized plant, an image similar to one I knew belonged in the British Museum. And this? It's been authenticated, too. I shook my head. I'm afraid you've been duped, Mr. Strauss. These are both well-known seals from a much later period.
If memory serves correctly, dating to between 2100 and 2200 BC. The originals are priceless artifacts presently held in museums. Who authenticated them? He named Trisha Ross, the University of Pennsylvania professor and one of the foremost experts in the field. Hearing her name surprised me. She'd been a good friend of Samuel's. I didn't know what to think. I suppose it was possible for more than one seal of a similar design to exist. Strauss waved his hand. Don't worry about the authenticity for now. He bent over, unwrapped the larger object, and set it down on the coffee table. I had to stifle a gasp.